It's so hot in my apartment right now. Yeah, I see the no pants look. Yeah. Welcome to Soph Might Know podcast. I'm your host, Soph, and sometimes I know things. Sometimes I don't, and that's okay. One of the things that I don't know a lot about, but definitely like to think a lot about, is death and life and everything in between. And that's what I'm hoping to accomplish with this podcast, getting to interview some of my best friends who happen to be incredibly articulate and interesting people. So if men can just pick up a microphone and start a podcast, I fucking can. And I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. So with that being said, let me introduce you to my first guest, lifelong best friend and platonic life partner, Melissa. Welcome to the pod guys it's good to be here and at risk of being unprofessional I just gotta say kill that shit (laughs) not my first attempt she knows you'll (laughs) never know that's great that's what we love about editing hey guys it's me Melissa (laughs) (laughs) it's me Mario oh my god so I have been best friends with Melissa since for me sixth grade we've had some (laughs) (laughs) like all middle schoolers do we have had ups and we have had downs but we are now 27 and fully besties for numerous years really at this point we've been strong yeah and I couldn't imagine starting the pod and being introduced to the real world without privacy filters (laughs) with anyone else Hey guys, my name is Melissa and we are self-proclaimed besties and uh, I'm not the co-host of this podcast to be clear. I'm more of like the mother showing up on the first day of kindergarten, holding their hand. This is me walking into the world, holding Sophia's hand, saying, hey world, you know, here she is. I think she's great. I want you to think she's great. And then I'll slowly just uh, walk away. (laughs) I'll pop in here and there. But on the whole, you got this. Really could not imagine starting with anyone else. I am so grateful to have Mommy Mel. Sorry, that was really gross. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I would say that I've known and been close with Melissa since sixth grade. She was the girl who had the bag full of lip smackers. And including the kind that you'd like wear around your neck. Um, Mm, And also had a CD of the Black Eyed Peas. And this was before Spotify and all of the different (laughs) kinds of music that you can stream now. And I really wanted to listen to the CD. So I borrowed it from her, got my dad to copy the disc. And then we put all of the songs onto my iPod and I got to return the disc back to her so that everyone could share in the music. And again, it was sixth grade. It was the Black Eyed Peas. Simpler times. You know what's really funny about that is that now 
current days, I have the most chat lips out of every single person I've ever met ever. And I also have completely garbage music taste. So I don't know what kind of shit I was pulling back then that you wanted to be my friend. And like, that's what stuck out to you. But it uh, didn't really age well for me, apparently. No, you definitely only aged more into your your original state. But I will say that I think your lips would be a different situation had it not been for the Accutane. And overall, we say thank you, Accutane. And we love you, Accutane. Thank you, Accutane. <laughs> Sponsor us. Soph might know. Sponsored by Accutane. <laughs> 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 you have a pizza face guess what it's the only thing that will actually work might not take one round might not take two rounds but eventually someone will actually want to sit on your face mm. so we're in here podcasting which is pretty new for me you know you kind of approached me with this idea out of the blue and I was fucking hyped for you because you know you know things and you have a lot of good things to say so I guess I'm wondering, what's uh, what's the origin story here? What's the inspiration? So I appreciate you asking. I can't believe that I haven't actually gone into full depth with you before because this has gone through my mind in, I guess, a lot of different iterations. I could say that it all starts back in my storied youth when I had lofty dreams of becoming a famous actress and... That was swiftly beaten out of me by high school because the real world is expensive and I've gotten accustomed to a certain lifestyle. And that's fair. I deserve a one bedroom with an amazing view. I do. Uh, She has one and it's great. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry, but like this would not be my life if I had gone the drama route in college or in high school or like anything like that. And that's really, that's okay. I was not meant to be on screen. (laughs) that's why she's doing a podcast so yeah that's the thing I've got a big mouth I've got a lot of opinions and I like to run it but I haven't always felt like you know having the spotlight on me in that kind of sense because of the mortifying ordeal of being known yeah repulsive the idea of people who know me in real life listening to this and then thinking that they know me after maybe not talking to me for years is for clarification your pronouns are don't perceive me. Pronouns <laughs> <laughs> are I am not here. <laughs> no, they're actually she, her. Actually, I can get that out of the way so that you guys can know me a little better. So I am a white, cis, straight, Jewess, and 27. So I suppose that makes me a millennial, but I'm kind of cuspy because I fully love Gen Z. Y'all are hilarious and killing it. I don't know. I have brown hair. What else do you want to know about me? You know, it's funny. All of the things you did to describe yourself, I heard it all and I was like, wait, same. You're not unique. (laughs) No, I'm really not. If anything, actually, I have had more experiences where people have come up to me, tapped my shoulder, I turn around and they go, oh, sorry, I thought you were someone else. Granted, a lot of my interactions and groups in my youth were around other Jews. And yeah, we were all brunette and basically the same height. But you know what? That was part of our trauma bonding. Full circle, why we're such good friends today. Honestly, there's no way 
that anyone else in my life will know me as well as you do. We went through the absolute trenches in lower and middle school. And when you go to a private religious day school, like it just hits you different. It's why I relate to the Catholic school kids. Like <laughs> it's culty. It's a little culty. It's a little, it's a little culty. It's, you know, you're in a bubble and nobody really wants you to like go pop. And we did eventually. And we are better people for it. And yet I'm still eternally grateful to that little bit of a culty K through nine experience. I am too. Because it brought me you. It really did. I We would never have crossed paths otherwise. True. I was going to say it made us funny. And not to say that every single religious girl is like, choke me in bed. But like, I'm kind of grateful for it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. We could be a lot more boring. We absolutely could. And at the risk of being a complete narcissist on a podcast that has my own name in it. Yeah, we're fucking hysterical. <laughs> I think so too, but you know, we'll figure that out. So that is a little bit of our background and a little bit about why I am starting this whole, whole thing. I also just miss being creative. Like I, you know, I work in a corporate nine to five, <coughs> eight to six um, <clears throat> job. And it pays the bills and it keeps me and my cat in our lavish lifestyle, but it doesn't feed the soul. And I know that that's cheesy. And I know that everyone's gone through this and I'm not leaving the industry. So I'm just trying to find a way to like get my soul back a little bit while I am biding my time to actually have more freedom. Like I say that, and I have no idea what the future is going to hold. Like capitalism is killing me. Prices are increasing. Inflation is money that isn't even real. Like we're still dealing with daylight savings time and like time isn't real. Money isn't real. <laughs> Life is suffering. We're all just waiting to die. Hence this podcast, you know, we're all suffering. Like, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Let's really, let's break it down. It's been two years in a pandemic. All of your favorite comedians have already started their podcast. They're two years in. You love them a lot. Or died. Now you need a little bit more content. That's what I'm here for. Your average chick who's not in LA or New York, who's not a comedian. Can you imagine putting yourself in a situation to allow men to approach you and be like, you're pretty funny for a girl. Oh my God. The way, the way female comedians are treated by them. It's such a boys club. Oh, sorry. Uh, do you guys want to start this off with a dick joke today? <laughs> what about a Jess joke? I mean, I'm game for it. That's us today. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure one of the other ways that we bonded in our youth was over dead baby jokes. A lot of dead baby jokes. And you know what? They're funny. Wait, why were we so into dead baby jokes? Well, I don't like babies, but it's separate from that. I just feel like they're so close to death because they're barely alive. They're frail. They're frail and fragile in the same way that old men are. That's why when babies yeah. are born, they're like, yeah, you'll look the same way when you die as when you were born. Small, wrinkly, and hairless. So- What's the difference between a dead baby joke and all the Prince Philip jokes? There's, they're the same. Potential. <laughs> the baby has a whole life ahead of it. Philip was an asshole who had a lot of Nazis as family members. Still. So we're always going to love shitting on Prince Philip, but we're also going to love a dead baby joke. Okay. How many 
dead babies does it take to paint the wall red? <laughs> how many? Depends how hard you throw them. But um, <laughs> it's still good. I knew I knew the punchline, and it's still good. It still hits. Okay, hit me with one. What's one that you remember? Ooh, um, oh my god, I haven't thought about this in fifteen years. Um, what do you call a dead baby nailed to the wall? I don't know what art. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There we go. That's a good one. Oh, wait. The other one that I just saw on this list was what's the difference between 100 dead babies and a Ferrari? I don't have a Ferrari in my garage. (laughs) So bad. We're bad for this. So bad. It's so bad. And yet, I'm sorry, guys. If this is already alienated, you know what? If this has alienated you, then you weren't meant for my podcast. And if you're still here, hi, I love you. You get it. Stick around. We're going to be weird together. It's going to be fun. Here's the thing. What demographic have we offended by this? No babies are listening to this podcast. (laughs) If you're going to get offended on behalf of a baby, then you're the wrong audience. And that's what I'm saying. And there's plenty of people who are like, you know, it's all the pro-lifers, right? All the people who are like, life is sacred. Like, no, it's not. Life is random. You have no idea. You might end up with good genetics and never get sick a day in your life. You might lose all of your teeth and catch every single illness. Like, <sighs> life is weird. Make fun of it. It's weird. Yeah. All right. Well, that is a kick-ass strong start. So now that you guys know a little bit more about us, we're just going to have some fun with this episode, not get too heavy since it's the first and just giving you guys a taste. Uh, We're going to go through some am I the asshole posts because one thing I would like to do for this pod is to give my advice if anyone is interested in asking for it. I've been around the block. I have friends who have been around different blocks than I have, and I will be having (laughs) different ones on every pod. So I certainly am not a qualified, you know, medical professional. So please do not consider me one and seek medical professionals if that is what you need. But if you want a kind of know-it-all person to (laughs) help you navigate some of the idiosyncrasies of your life or just to validate you because other people think that you're in the wrong and maybe you're not. I'll tell you, I'll, I'm unbiased. I'll lay it to you straight. Yep. So with that in mind, here are some am I the asshole posts. <clears throat> am I the asshole for not allowing my dead husband's family to spend time alone with my son? My female 34 husband and I were married for 10 years before he passed away last year. We have a four-year-old son. My husband was from a religious family that honestly always seemed to be kind of cult-like to me. His father had passed away when he was young, and he has a mother and a sister, both of whom had cut him out of the family when he decided not to practice their religion anymore. They were invited to our wedding, but refused to attend because it was not going to be in their church. It couldn't be because we were both not practicing that religion or living by their words of wisdom. They had only ever been cruel to me and my husband and only ever spoke to us to try to convert us. They said horrible things to us throughout our marriage and about our child. When my husband passed, they did not come to his funeral and did not reach out to me. Recently, his mom and sister have reached out asking to see my son. 
I have told them that they are welcome to see him, but that I do not want him growing up with any religious bias, so they cannot talk to him about their religion or try to convert him. They promised me, and I allowed it. After spending a day with the sister, he came home, and although he had a good time, he told me she offered to take him to church, and he wanted to go. I called uh. her, and we argued. She said that the church is a big part of her life, and she can't just not bring it up. And if he's interested, it's his right to learn about it. The thing is, my husband had horror stories about growing up in that church and wouldn't have wanted it for our child. I told them if they want to see him again, it will only be under my supervision. They were very upset and claim I'm a bad mom for not letting my son decide for himself what he wants and a bigot for not allowing him to learn about their religion. Am I the asshole? Queen! No. The son is four? Yes. The son is four years old. Okay. Well, first off, you picked a one you picked one about religion, so you already know Hell how this yeah. is gonna go. And that's okay. Religion and death, because just because somebody died doesn't mean they don't have wishes, especially for a parent who has a young child that they end up leaving behind. Like they don't want their child to have to go through the same trauma that they endured. Because I, I, I know how organized religion works, and they don't view the child as family. They view it as potential host to carry on their religious frenzy, whatever you want to call it. So, hey, she called it kind of cult like. I think we can call it kind of cult like. <laughs> we can call it kind of cult like. So, you know, they're not even like, oh, I want to have a relationship with him. So I feel like. It's kind of, they just have selfish intention. Yeah. So it's definitely, I think, fairly clear to anyone who's not within the cult (laughs) that mom is not an asshole. Aunt and grandma are assholes. And religion is a sham. We stand mom. R.I.P. Dad. Pour one out for my fallen home. I mean, it's not even like the mom was saying, I don't want my child to have religion of any kind, you know, like. The kid can still develop it on its own as it gets older, but when you're four and you're hanging out with your relatives, like you're looking at them thinking, oh, they're the cool grownups who love me, who want to give me things, who are nice and smile at me. Like, of course, they're going to want to hang out, even if it's a church. I'm sure any four-year-old, I remember when I was little and they like threw candy and stuff during, you remember like sometimes in show, like they throw candy and I was like, hell yeah, this isn't so bad. Yeah. You got to make it fun for the kids. Yeah, and like, again, that's kind of culty, but that's fine. It is. Not me alienating. What was it? People you with children. Um, the entire <laughs> religious community. On my first episode. Strap in. But you know what? You know what kept us around? I think I'd say gossip in the ladies' bathroom. And uh the kiddish luncheon yeah that's very true very true good times were had in those you know bougie I, ass bathrooms i ate a chocolate top the other day oh you know, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Those cookies. and i uh you know i felt felt connected at that point Aww. see that's what i do <laughs> love about religion because i i am a jewess and i am not completely embarrassed by it there are aspects of it that i find ridiculous but you know, that's going to be true of any organized religion. There's a lot of aspects of it, especially culturally, that I really, really appreciate. And I'm sure I yeah. will get into further depths with with my time here. So, all right, without further ado, let's get another one. Okay. 
Am I the asshole for telling my nephew that his deceased mother was my ex-wife? This is a family conflict that came up recently. I, a male 46, used to work in the military, so I was away from home for most of the time. When my then only son was three years old, I discovered by accident that he wasn't mine. He was my older brother's. It was the most devastating time in my life, aside from what I was dealing with. My ex-wife and I ended up divorcing, and I cut contact with my brother for years. I was done with him, even after my ex-wife, who he married the same year after the divorce, died suddenly. My parents thought my ex's death was supposed to make everything okay, as they claimed she was the one who drove a wedge between me and my brother, but I kept my distance. My nephew started reaching out to me, and we began seeing each other more often when he was around 15. He has always been told that the fight between me and my brother was about business. My parents threatened to disown me if I told my nephew that his mother was my ex and that I should leave it alone, which I did since they said they would choose their grandson over me. So my nephew tried to get me to meet my brother so we could talk since my brother welcomed the idea, but I refused. I made it clear to him that he needed to stop forcing a reunion and respect my wishes. He's now 21 and is getting married. He sent an invitation, which I declined and returned right away. He called to ask why, and I said, I'm no contact with his dad, so I won't come since he will be there. My nephew refused to accept that and came over and started criticizing me, saying I'm being unnecessarily bitter and resentful towards his apologetic dad over some business. He said, I either try to work things out with his dad or he will not be seeing me again. I felt hesitant first, but told him his dad and I don't have a usual beef. And that his mother was my ex-wife, who his dad messed around with while I was in the military. He thought I was lying till I showed him enough proof to get him to change his tone. He then left in a hurry and was enraged. I later found out via my parents that my nephew canceled all of my family's wedding invitations, put the wedding on hold, and disappeared after he had a huge argument with them and disowned his dad. My father has got very sick after the incident and my entire family keep harassing me saying I ruined everyone's life with what I did because of my hate and resentment towards my brother. They said they warned me not to talk and now I should deal with the consequences of alienating their grandson nephew from them. Am I the asshole? Oh my god. (laughs) Heavy. That's some family drama. I can't believe that this family wants to really just brush all of this under the rug and be like yeah you guys were married I mean it was three years for three years he thought that, that son was his so he raised him or he was away right he was in did he raise him or he was in the he military? was in the military so he was away for a lot but he wasn't but I don't know how away he was for like the kid's okay, childhood yeah. but even still like he thought he had a wife and a son at home and he had a nephew <laughs> not a son that's messy. I don't think secrets should be kept in families. Yeah, secrets like that, <laughs> they get way too tricky. And then battle lines are drawn. And again, if at the end of the day, the brother could just admit like, okay, what I did was really messed up, but she's dead now. I'd like to try to have a relationship with my you as my brother again. I'd like him to know you know, I'd like my son to know the truth and be able to respect all of us as adults. Because like, if the son is in his early twenties now, cause he's getting married, you can tell him. 
Mm-hmm. He's an adult. Like, maybe don't tell a child because a three-year-old, a six-year-old, a 10-year-old doesn't need to know what's going on. But right. by the time they're 18, they can know. They can know. I'll say that I come from a family where we don't have drama like that, but nobody talks about anything. And, like, I don't know a lot about most of my family members. And it's just, it just creates distance. Like, I barely have a relationship, I feel like, you know? Like, if I really knew everything about them, I feel like it might be different. I don't know. Yeah, it gets tricky. I will... I will say without going into full details that family secrets are always going to be messy. They are always going to come out. Yeah. And the people who were in the wrong will get their comeuppance. Well, a lot of these are messy because it's death. And when you're talking about family and death, like it's weird. So here's another one. Am I the asshole for saying, sounds like a you problem in response to my friend telling me his grandma died? Oh, <laughs> we finally found one. Yes, thank you. I've 23 female known this friend, 26 male for about three years now. We met in college and have only actually hung out a few times in person, but we are far away from each other. So nowadays our relationship is just texting and occasionally FaceTiming. Sometimes it gets flirty, but I've been seeing someone else for a few months now. So anything we had has kind of fizzled. Basically, for the past month, we've been texting almost every day. It's always friendly, mostly witty banter, and we have a similar sense of dark humor, so it's easy to keep a conversation. He's always someone I can confide in when things and times are tough with guys, family, anything. So this past weekend, I told him that I was going back to my hometown and that we should meet up because I hadn't seen him in almost a year. He agreed, and we decided to meet on the next Sunday. Saturday night, we were having our normal banter texting session, and because it was almost Valentine's Day, I sent him one of those annoying chain texts with all the emojis to be funny. (laughs) Immediately after I sent it, he said, oh, never mind. I'm busy Sunday. In response, I said, wow, really don't want to hang out with me then. Thank God. As a joke. And he didn't respond after that. I didn't think anything of it until today when he texted me this morning saying, Honestly, I don't think so. When I asked why he was being weird and he said, I don't know, I got a lot going on. I didn't want to press it. So I let him chill for a bit and decided to text him later. So anyway, we have this inside joke where we always say, sounds like a you problem if something bad happens in our life. Example, my dog died and he said, that sounds like a you problem. He texted me later that night saying his grandma died. And I'm not really good with death and didn't know what to say. So I said, sounds like a you problem, frowny face, which he liked and didn't respond to. Like 15 minutes later, I followed up with, I'm so sorry for your loss. Let me know if there's anything I can do. But the text didn't go through. I realized then he blocked me on Snapchat, Instagram, even Venmo and blocked my number. In hindsight, I know it probably wasn't the best thing to say but I thought it might cheer him up. I considered him one of my good friends and now he's just gone. Am I the asshole? Oh, he's over dramatic. So here's, here's my hot take. She led in the beginning with saying that there was all this witty banter and flirting and stuff between them, but that she had been seeing someone for a few months and had kind of cooled things with him. Not always. It is possible to have friendships with men, but... 
I wouldn't be surprised if he was hoping to get it in. And when he realized that she really didn't want that and then wanted to like hang out and then this weird thing kind of happens, it was just really good timing and a good excuse for him to kind of drop her and not fight for the friendship because he wasn't actually interested in being friends with her. He just (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just... I feel for this girl because I understand finding friends with similarly dark humor and being able to actually let kind of that wall down and let your freak dark humor kind of shine through. But there is a time and a place. And if you weren't already in a good place, I don't think adding on sounds like a you problem after like his actual admission and vulnerability was like the best move but it was funny and I'll tell you girl I'd be your friend that's funny to me (laughs) sorry he ditched you it kind of sounds like a you problem do you want to be my friend (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like a you problem my friend (laughs) I think that blocking and not giving a person a chance to like maybe explain the literal one sentence that apparently spawned it all like that's an aggressive immediate response I mean even Venmo I think it's good to leave Venmo Venmo open because then if the person really needs to contact you you'll get some money out of it awesome okay well I think that's enough of my the assholes because I'm getting really sweaty okay So to finish off, just again, staying on our theme of death, I thought I would talk about a celebrity death that really impacted me. And I'll actually be talking about two celebrity deaths because these were both podcasters that I had recently found their podcast shortly before, before they died. And their deaths really shook me since listening to a podcast host for an hour or more every week. Obviously, I was binging all their old episodes, so I was able to listen to hours a week of them, and it really felt like they were my friend in a lot of ways. So the first is Bob Saget. I think everyone can attest to Bob as being the dad that we grew up with from Full House to America's Funniest Home Videos He was a dirty comedian who was never in a Me Too scandal. And for that, we can really appreciate our dad, Bob, for being a man who wasn't totally horrible. Yeah, a white straight man in comedy who really didn't suck, who had an amazing impact on everyone that he met. Some of the memorials that people have written are incredibly moving. I watched the live that John Mayer did while driving Bob's car back from the airport. And it was really, really touching how genuine of an impact Bob Saget really had on all of his friends' lives, even someone like John, who he didn't have decades and decades of time with in the way that he did some of his other co-stars and friends. And just to have a death so random you know, a lot of celebrity deaths are drug related or, you know, they might be violent in some kind of way, but this, this was an accident. He hit his head 
and he either didn't think enough of it to seek medical attention or he was a little tired or confused and just decided to go to sleep. And that's something that can happen to any of us at any time, especially if you're, you know, someone who doesn't live with other people who can kind of have that eye on you to say like, you're acting a little weird or you're not yourself right now. And he was on tour and had just killed a show and was extremely excited about being back in standup and really getting back out there. And his podcast, Bob Saget is here for you, was an hour interview with someone that he knew and cared about. And I really, really enjoyed every single episode that I listened to. I'm still going through them and I'm very grateful to have all of the episodes of his life because his perspective is really interesting. His voice was really dynamic and the conversations he had were very nuanced and very, very funny. And if I can have even a pinch of that kind of fun that he got to have with his friends um, with what I do with my podcast, I would be very, very happy and very pleased. So rest in peace, Bob Saget. I will continue to think about you for a while. I think that's one of the really nice things about having had such a positive impact on so many people. The memory really does live on through all of the people who were touched. So shout out to Bob. Thanks, Bob. Melissa, do you have a uh, celebrity death that you'd like to talk about? Hold up. Pour one out for Bob. Pouring one out for Bob. Yes. Uh, yeah, I do. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about Mac Miller. Yes. So I would say, I would say my music taste has been through quite an evolution over the years. I essentially had a complete identity change. I don't know at what point that happened. What age would you say? So we had obviously our black eyed pea taste in music in middle school and similarly just bad taste. By high school, we actually kind of came together in kind of an alt indie. Sad girl shit. Oh, that's right. Tumblr era. Yeah. Uh, kind of vibe. And then I stayed on that all indie track and went deeper into it through acoustic hippie music of the 60s. And you went into rap. And <laughs> R&B. Uh, we both like The weekend. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, would say that my music taste has been pretty all over the place. And throughout all of that, I was always listening to Mac Miller, just because I think that he's also, he's an artist that you can really see how they evolved as people through their music. Definitely. You know, I think he's, he's a true artist. Extremely, and he... extremely talented. Like I cannot <laughs> express to you guys how much I do not understand rap. And like, I appreciated his poetry. If you just give me like lyrics of rappers who aren't just being like, Pussy, money, weed. Like, I'll totally appreciate their poetry. It's like a song, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, anyway. No, I really, Mac had such a genuine spirit, you know, that really came through, even to someone like me who could never appreciate his music and his impact the way that, you know, his fans definitely have been. Yeah. But, you know, back in the day, we were listening to him as kids because he's like a fucking kid yep. talking about how much being a kid sucks. And you're like, fuck yeah. It's only like a, a <laughs> year or two suck. older than us, right? Um, he was born in 92. So yeah, like only a couple years. He was a Capricorn. 
fun fact. That tracks. Yeah. So, you know, and then he started, well, he struggled with addiction, obviously. So he started getting a little bit on his sad boy shit, too. And, you know, that aligned with my sad boy shit. And then we had that era. Yeah. And then he started putting out a little bit more mellow stuff, which coincided into, like, the evolution of now. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, he's just, we. I feel like we grew up together is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And also, a big part of his music, he has so many lyrics about surviving through his addiction and how he doesn't want to die a certain way, like a, a lot of it. And pretty much everything he feared happened. And I think it's horrible to see. It's so hard because drug addiction is a health crisis. It is not a police matter. And we have the evidence for this. We know that this is the case. And yet, you know, in our country, we don't have the resources that we deserve to, considering how advanced of a society that we are, that we can't look out for our community members who have been given access to drugs that shouldn't even be close to within their grasp. And, you know, the advent of fentanyl has just, oh yeah, just, it's so frustrating that it literally was because he got a bad batch. So I just remember my ex at the time texted me one morning and said, Mac Miller died and I didn't think it was real because you know you hear the fake shit all the time so didn't believe it took to the internet and saw it for myself and I was hurt man I was I was really upset for for a couple days I was playing his shit on repeat I got this swimming t-shirt it's got the colored dice on it it's really cool but uh yeah I don't know I, you don't think about it before, like you don't know how much it's gonna hurt you. And then it happens. Especially with the people that you feel like you really got to grow up with. Like, yeah, it just, when they're your own peer group, like Bob dying, he was dad and he was definitely way too young to have like died, you could say, Mm -hmm. but at least he wasn't in his twenties. Like Mac, like Mac had so much life left in him. He got to live his life. Bob Saget. He got to live he his did. life. I mean, he's only know? been married to his second wife for a little bit, and they apparently are really cute <laughs> together, and, like, they deserved more time. She deserved more time with him. His children deserved more time yeah. with him. Like, it's fucked to have a parent die, even in your 20s. Like, it just feels weird. You know, our parents still have parents alive. Yeah. So, I kind of expect that for myself, and to have someone of a parent generation die in our 20s, it's still yeah. kind of uncomfortable, even though Again, I don't like ranking sadness because it's not a competition. Mm-mm. Yeah, Mac Miller's death hit really heavy, especially for, I think, a lot of people who weren't, I don't know, like, considering that, like, hadn't really been rocked in that kind of way. We hadn't quite had the avalanche of deaths that, like, happened within the last couple of years that all were like, oh, 2020 is cursed because of all of the deaths or, like, whatever. I think it also hits differently when it's someone around your age. Yeah. No matter how old you are. Absolutely. Yeah. I I remember that day I was driving. I was still living in College Park and it started raining and I was like, but the world's sad today. I like it when the weather reflects my mood. I'm like, you get it, universe. You get it. Vibes. (laughs) Pouring out for Malcolm Mac Miller. 
throw one out for Mac Miller. A real homie, a real one. All right, and the very last uh, celebrity death is Matt George, a absolute celebrity by my definition, a skinny king, a queer icon, a almost <laughs> believable straight man when he was auditioning for Love Island USA season three. You should have made it on there, Matt. <sighs> Matt was killed in a hit and run in LA in July. He was out a bit after 2 a.m. and a white car hit him and killed him and did not stick around. And by the time help came, it was too late. So he uh, was a podcaster on She Rates Dogs with Michaela Oakland, who is just so funny. And the two of them together were so fucking hysterical and absolutely meant so much to me in the same way of, I definitely listed, listened to so many hours of their podcast and had actually just gotten caught up with all of their recordings. They had been recording for, I don't know how many months at that point, but I had recently gotten caught up and had like just followed Matt like on Twitter and on Instagram and stuff. And then Michaela posted on Twitter that he had been killed. And if you were following Matt's Twitter during, you know, his peak of the last couple of years, it kind of felt like a bit. It really did. It felt like we were going to hear back in a couple of hours on his account. Ha ha. You guys believed it. He would joke about his death sometimes on the pod. He'd be like, oh, you know, what would you do if I died? Michaela's like, I would not be okay. And it's like, yeah, none of us would because he was really funny, really honest, really genuine, really pure. And I mean, you talk about someone who could make every single person in a room of hundreds feel that he loved each of them individually. Like I was never in a room with him. And yet that's the vibe that I get. He had such a future ahead and he was only just at the start of being honest about his sexuality and was really coming out of his shell by living in LA and kind of whoring around a little and making weird choices and having crazy experiences. And I'm sure that the night he was out was probably a wild time and he would have told us all about it on the pod. And I am just completely heartbroken that we're never going to get any more life out of him because he had so much more life left in him. You know, watching his best friend mourn and grieve him was also one of the hardest things to kind of witness secondhand as not actually like being in their friendship or actually knowing them but because of how public you know all the things that they would share about each other and like it's it's a very complicated parasocial dynamic but it's a death that's going to stay with me for the rest of my life and if there is anything beyond after death that someone could stick around. I feel like Matt would stick around just to make sure that we're all going to keep talking about him and laughing at our bad jokes and watching Michaela deal with shitty men as she continues to destroy them on her Instagram. It's hard knowing that we're never going to get, you know, another episode of their podcast together because it was, it really was one of my favorites. And so I guess I'm glad to start off my podcast with his memory because I, I absolutely would not be here today without 
Matt's inspiration, I joined his book club. But once when I was like coming home after like a concert, I heard someone shout like, he was a skinny king. And I turn around, I'm like, are you talking about Matt George? And one of the girls had no idea what I was talking about. And the other one went, oh, because she, it was very soon after we had found out that he had died. And I got to just bond with a complete stranger because we both were sad about this man that we did not know who made us feel like we knew him. Kind of a downer, but yeah. That's okay. I think instead of being sad, you just keep them alive by talking about them. Yeah. So thanks, Matt. Pouring one out for you too, homie. Pouring one out for Matt. Well, should we go back to telling dead baby jokes now or something? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <sighs> In the face of sadness, you know, we just, we move on because another day comes and there's just more to be done. And, um, you know, that's okay. So I'm so glad to have gotten to share this time with you guys uh, and to have introduced you to my ride or die, Mel D, but don't call her that. <laughs> it was one time. <laughs> And I'm really excited for where the podcast is going to go. So I can assure you, I am only going to get better at this. I promise and stick with me and we'll see, we'll see what happens. So if you're interested in keeping up to date, you can follow my Instagram, Soph Might Know, where I will have some extra pictures of what I look like, what my guests look like, a little bit of a rundown about what to expect for each episode. I'll be posting stuff on my stories for you guys to interact with me. If anyone has any questions or advice that they'd like to pose to me, my email is sophmightknow at gmail.com. And yeah, I don't have a sign off yet. So, And you can find me, follow me via Carrier Pigeon and also add me on FetLife. <laughs> just kidding (laughs) (laughs) most of my friends are not going to have uh socials to plug crazy as it might be not everyone actually does want just hashtag more instagram followers so at this moment melissa's instagram is private my personal instagram is private if you really want to follow me on twitter it's public so you could find me but i'm not gonna make it easy for (laughs) you if you want to reach out in other ways and We'll see. Until then, I'm just going to stick with these couple avenues because this isn't a real podcast yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's real. You're listening to it right now. I'm saying words into a microphone with a lot of fancy equipment around me. But like, it's not real. Are you though? Is this real? Is anything real? Birds aren't. Nothing is real. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good day. Love you guys. Bye. (sighs) Say goodbye. Oh, I, I have to say bye. Oh, okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
that just scratched like a part part of my brain. Like I've never fully gotten ASMR, but that can opening sound just scratched a part of my brain. Welcome.